0: Amen. Take your copy of God's Word this morning and turn to Psalm 67. Psalm 67. As we focus ourselves upon God's Word this morning. And let me wish you a Happy New Year. It's been a great New Year, I think, for most of us as we have gotten started, as we see how God has blessed us, how God is preparing us, I think, for something new and fresh within our families, within our church. Within our community, we pray that God would just work within us. Look, God is already doing some amazing things. He's already bringing revival. If you don't believe me, those of you in the sanctuary look down and notice John Corley's on the front row almost this morning. (laughs) I hope God's doing such amazing things up in the gathering with you all. It's amazing. You never know what's going to happen when you show up at church and God's working. You know, as we enter into a new year, we think about the opportunities that God has given us. We think about where we want to go, and we think about some possibilities, some opportunities that we might have, and we begin to pray, hopefully, in that direction. In the last few uh, weeks in particular, I've been praying that God would continue to show us His will here among the temple family and beyond, that God would just speak to us and that God would allow us to fulfill His will, not ours, but His will. Over the last few uh, weeks and months, the staff and I both have prayed that prayer, and we've been looking forward to what God was going to do in 2016. And as we would seek God's will and we would seek His heart, it seems like it would appear to all of us that God was reminding us, well, He was reminding us of the opportunities that we had to multiply our faith, to multiply our relationships, to multiply our ministries, to multiply our mission, that he would be glorified in such a way that everything about us would be multiplied in his will and in his work. Psalm 67, I think as we read through that this morning, we hear a prayer for multiplication, a prayer that God would honor the relationships That the people already had, but that he would multiply those relationships and multiply their effectiveness as they served him. I want you to listen to this prayer. Psalm 67, uh, a prayer that you've heard many times, probably a psalm that you've read several times in your life. Listen to it again as the psalmist offers himself to God and pleads with him. He says, God be merciful to us. And bless us. And cause his face to shine upon us. That your way may be known on earth. Your salvation among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you shall judge the people righteously. And govern the nations on earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Then the earth shall yield her increase. God, our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. And all the ends of the earth shall fear him. A prayer by the psalmist to God. A prayer that God would bring blessing, multiplication, and that somehow that blessing would feed out into all of the world. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you like math? you ever liked math? I see some of you are like, oh my goodness, he lost me at the first of the year here. You know, some people are just given to, it seems, math and mathematical equations and those kinds of things. And, and some of us, may, maybe some of us, we, we erred on the other side of the studies. But you know, math, math's not a bad thing. Now, I will tell you that I'm just not madly in love with math. I remember when I transferred from Millsaps College up to Blue Mountain College my freshman year, and I went in to meet the academic dean. And Dean Washburn was talking to me about where I was and how I was going to come in to the college. And then we began talking about schedules. The academic dean helped me get all of my schedule together for the years that I was supposed to be at Blue Mountain College. And he looked at me and he said, looking at what you've done and looking at the transfer credits, you know, I think that you ought to uh, you ought to take calculus. <laughs> really? Dean Washburn, I, I know this is a liberal arts college and a liberal arts college, you know, requires you to have a well-balanced education. You want to make sure that you take different subjects in different fields. I I got you. I understand that. And I'm all about taking a math if I got to take a math, but calculus, I mean, how about algebra? I love algebra. Let's do that. Let's just, let's, let's do. No, I think uh, calculus is what you need to take. Now I am one of these and understand this, that when a professor or an administrator or an authority says that's what you got to do, that's what you got to do, right? I tell my students, Pat, Pat's here this morning. He, he's been auditing my class on Monday morning. I tell them, the thing you have to do is you have to find out what your professor wants and do what your professor says, right? Isn't that right? Some of you have been in college. Some of you are professors, right? They looked at me the other day and they said, I see several different outlines, is yours right or is somebody else's? I said, you shouldn't even have to ask that question, you know, in my class. I'm always right. You just understand that, and that's the way you respond. So when I looked at Dean Washburn, I said, Dean, if that's what you want me to do, I'll do it, and I'll take it. And I ended up taking calculus. Now, I will tell you, it wasn't the most fun I'd ever had ever in my life, but I took it, I got through it, I passed it, And eventually, he was pleased, and I got my degree. That's what counts anyway, right? Now, I will tell you that I do like math from time to time. Abigail now is in seventh grade. She comes home. It's getting a little little more challenging than it was. We're doing some algebraic equations and those kinds of things, and I kind of like that. I mean, it's a little more than addition. And, And, you know, think about it. When we talk about this new year and this prayer for multiplication, and hopefully that's what we see here in Psalm 67, we're talking about something that is more than just addition. I hope that we see that. God has been good to us and blessed us. And and, and if we were to look across the last year, to see all of the things that God has achieved in our lives, it should just amaze us. It should just astonish us that God would be so good to us, personally and corporately. But I pray that God would not just add to His ministry and His mission. I pray God would multiply it. Because get this, when you add to something, when you add to something, that's great and that's wonderful and you have more, but when you multiply something, You can expand, you can grow exponentially. You can grow much faster than simply adding. So listen again to what this psalmist prays. He prays, beginning in verse 1, he says, God be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. When I hear the psalmist pray such words, I hear a prayer Of multiplication. I hear a prayer that God would multiply his relationship. The upward relationship that he had with God. So I'm going to say to you this new year. This day as we begin something new and fresh. That one of our prayers. As as we gather ourselves together. One of our desires should be. God multiply our relationship. Our upward relationship with you. God, we want to see our relationship with you expand. We want to see our relationship with you grow. We want to see our relationship with you achieve great things. He says, God, be merciful to us, bless us, and cause his face to shine upon us. Now the psalmist spoke about a relationship, a unique relationship that he enjoyed as well as all of the nation of Israel. They enjoyed a unique, wonderful relationship with God. Next week we're going to continue through the psalms and we're going to look at some of the psalms uh, over the next few, eh, maybe three, four months. I see how excited you are about that, by the way. We're going to look at the Psalms because they speak to us about a personal relationship that these individuals and the nation had with God. I mean, I love the Psalms because they are so personal. They touch us on so many different levels, emotionally and spiritually. They touch us and they speak to us because each Psalm reflects part of that natural relationship, that unique personal relationship that the psalmist had with God I mean God had called his people his specific people the people of Israel and he had anointed them with a task and he He was working through them it was an awesome relationship that God had entered into and they understood that and they responded in such a way May we recognize today as we begin this new year, God has entered into a unique, special, wonderful relationship with us as well. That God has called us to a task. That God has said, I want to be your God and I want you to be my people and I'm going to be there with you and I'm I'm going to establish a covenant, a relationship with you. As we begin this new year, We should be excited. We should anticipate the things of God because we share such a special, unique, empowering relationship with the God above. Notice what this psalmist prays is that, God, I understand the relationship that you have given us. I understand that I can call upon you in such a wonderful way, a tender way. And God, what I want you to do, what I ask, is that your face would shine upon us. In other words, that you would look with favor upon us, that you would see that relationship, and that you would be delighted in the relationship that you have with us. God, we want you to just simply multiply that relationship in our lives. Shine upon us. Your face. The idea is that God would delight, that God would find favor, that God would look upon his people with happiness and joy. Now, I know this is dangerous, but don't you enjoy walking into a room and seeing somebody's face that just simply shines with joy? See, I knew it was dangerous because I'm not sure you do. I'm looking around like... Don't you just enjoy seeing people who have joy upon their face? To see somebody that will smile from time to time. A smile can bring a light into the room. A smile can disarm difficult people. A smile can just go so far. In speaking that attitude of happiness. A smile. Let's, let's try it this morning. Let's just for a moment, let's just try it this morning. It's gonna be painful for some of you because you haven't smiled in about a year or so now. But let's just this morning, could you could you just could you just smile? Dwight, come on. You can do it, buddy. Just smile. There's something about it of seeing somebody. Remember when we were children, some of us who are adults now. Remember when we were children and we could see our dad smile or our mom smile at something that we said or something that we did to see them smile. Now for some of us who are parents or grandparents to look at our children or grandchildren, And to see them smile and to see the joy that can come upon their face. I mean, it's great. It's wonderful. Now, think of this. Think of God smiling. Think of God's face shining. Think of God in his glory and his brightness, looking at his children and enjoying, delighting, in their accomplishments, in their blessing, in their work. Think of that. A few years ago, I was at the Mississippi Baptist Convention. I was actually listening to a preacher preach at the pastor's conference. The preacher was from uh, Baton Rouge at the time. Uh, He was delivering an excellent message. And what he did, he he did something different that day. I, I remember this. So clearly that that day as he was preaching, I think it was right after he concluded and was giving his invitation, he passed out little smiley faces. You've seen them, right? The little smiley faces, like little yellow smiley faces. He passed them out. And what he asked us to do was to take those little smiley faces and put them in the put one in the front of our Bible so that when we left that place and one of these days when we opened that Bible, maybe that week as we prepared our sermons or just read, studied, hopefully we would just see that little smiley face. And hopefully it would remind us that God wants to delight in us that God wants to smile upon our lives. And not only does God want to do that, our aim in life should be to please Him and to delight Him and to bring a smile to His face. And for many years, I would see that in my Bible. As I would get up to preach, or I would study, or I would open just simply to read it, and it would be a visual reminder to me that God wanted to delight in me. And he wanted me to delight in him. I love the way one person puts it. I mean, God delights most in us when we delight most in him. When we bring him joy, when we seek to please him, God delights in us. And, and may I just say this? This is, should be the prayer that God would multiply our relationship with Him this year, this upward relationship that we have with Him, so that this year His face would shine upon us in this bright, pleasing, wonderful way. That should be our aim. That should be our purpose, that we would build our relationship with Him. At the end of this year, at the end of this year, if we can come to the point of saying, God, You have grown us, You have blessed us. You have, Lord, you have expanded the relationship that we have with you. If we can say that at the end of this year, what a successful year. What a successful year. It's hard to measure those things. It's hard to measure that spiritual growth in our individual lives. Oh, I could come at the end of the year and give you certain inventory tests and maybe we could do the numbers on other things, but it's very difficult to measure it tangibly. And yet, I believe we will know when our relationship has deepened, when our relationship has grown. I think somehow in our own personal lives we will know That we are closer to him than we had been before. The psalmist prays, God, shine upon us. Bless us. That was the prayer of the people of Israel. Do you remember Psalm 67 actually grows out of the priestly blessing, the Aaronic blessing of Numbers chapter 6. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. The Lord spoke to Moses and he said, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. That was the blessing of the priest. And it said, So they shall put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. In other words, it was supposed to be this priestly blessing that when they were going to leave on the Sabbath, they had experienced the worship of God already. When they left that place, they were to know that worship continued and their relationship with God continued and God was to shine in their lives and His face was to delight in them. That should be the heart of His people today that we would long for that relationship. Well, I think we pray, God, multiply our upward relationship, our relationship with you. But also we should pray this year, God, multiply our outward relationships with others. God, we pray that you would you would multiply, you would bless, you would do something In the relationships that we have with others. In particular, I think, unbelievers in missions and ministry. Listen to the heart of the psalmist. Verse 2, he says, That your way may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. And you shall judge the people righteously and govern the nations on earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Then the earth shall yield her increase. Does that surprise any of you? Those words coming from a member of the Israelite nation and people? I mean, does that surprise you a little bit? I mean, so often what we hear of the nation of Israel includes self-isolation, alienation, exclus- uh, exclusivity. I mean, it it's so different from what we hear so often about the people of Israel. So often, again, it's about the inward focus of the nation of Israel. But when you get to Psalm 67, verse 2, it seems like it turns your attention outwardly. I mean, at least eight times the words people our people's and nation or nations at least 8 times those words are used I mean when you're reading through scripture and you see repetition like that it should get your attention because the focus is going to be outward the focus is going to be on other individuals so God we pray that you would multiply our relationship with you that you would look with us with favor. But God, we pray that as you multiply that relationship in us, the one that we have with you, we also pray that you would multiply our relationship with the peoples, with the nations, that you would do something tremendous. And notice the way he breaks this down. He says, he says that your way may be known on earth. Right? Your way. So here's God in his goodness and holiness and purity. And the psalmist says, we want you, we want your way to be known on earth. We want others to know that purity and that holiness and the morality and the righteousness. We want others to know your way. It will surprise you probably to to know that Isaiah the prophet had said that the nation of Israel was to be a light unto the nations. Again, because we are taught so often about their inward focus. And yes, they were in many ways and many times in their history so caught up on themselves that they could not see the greater purpose and the greater plan of God. But God's intention and God's plan from the very beginning as He worked through the nation of Israel was to bring His glory and His goodness to all nations. There were to be a light. A light shows the way. A light shows the opportunity that one would have. It says, I pray that they'd know your way. I pray they'd know your salvation. Your salvation, that it would be known among all nations. Nations. In other words, not only the nation of Israel would experience the goodness and the grace and the forgiveness of God, the prayer of the psalmist was for every nation, every individual to to hear and to know the good news of God. Wow, what an outward expression! Of love and focus. And how God would call us to the same way. To the same place of letting others know the salvation. Well, he continued. He said, we want all the peoples to praise you, O God. We want them to experience your joy and your gladness. you got to love verse 4. It says, oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Let the nations be glad. We want them to experience The joy and the happiness that we have. Get this. True happiness in your life and in my life and in the nation's lives. True happiness comes by knowing the happiest being in the universe. And the happiest being ever is God. Did you know God, our God, is a joyful, happy God? He really is. He really is. He is a happy, delighting God. And to know the joy and the happiness of that God, well, is to know joy and happiness in your life. Now, before some of you accuse me of being uh, Joel Osteen or getting this message from him this week, let me just say... The joy of God, the joy of God comes through recognizing who he is in his holiness, in his grace. Recognizing who we are even in our brokenness and our sin. And coming to him and experience forgiveness and blessing. That is what true joy is. Happiness is not just an emotion. Happiness is not just some great self-esteem lecture that you've experienced lately. True happiness is knowing the true God of heaven. And the joy that comes with that and the contentment that comes with that. And listen to me, listen to me. If we have truly experienced it in our lives, then we should have such a desire and heart and passion to let others know about it and for them to experience that joy as well. If we've experienced such happiness and delightful work of God in our lives, if we have done that truly, why would we not want others to know what God has done? And that's the psalmist's heart. The psalmist says, we want all the nations to be glad. We want all of them to enjoy the worship and the praise and the adoration of the one true God. This is not something for Israel to keep for itself. It is something for us to spread. I love the way Derek Kidner describes this passage. He says, basically, this is a prayer to spread the circle, to make the circle bigger, to make the circle larger, to bring others into the fold so that they may know that God is king. That they may know his reign. For you shall judge the people righteously and govern the nations on earth. Because there is only one true God and there is only one true king. And it comes through your service and, and work for him that you find Joy. So what I would pray this year is that, God, you would multiply our relationship outwardly. That the relationship that we enjoy with you would simply flow into the works that you've called us to outside of these walls. I will tell you, that is still challenging. It's challenging for me because I look at this last year and I see how God truly multiplied so many of our missionary efforts and endeavors. Whether it be through our short term mission teams, and we had so many of them that were touching different parts of the of the world, whether it was Europe or Central Asia, here in the United States whether it was the blessing of our sinned emphasis and seeing so many ind- individuals who went out and they were involved in some of our urban areas in the nation, some of our cities in church planning. If I look at some of the local ministries that we have continued to multiply and expand, if we looked at how we sent some of our own, the McWhorters, to Nicaragua, how we, together with other churches, raised the funds, and did what was necessary to help them get to Nicaragua. How we've continued to support financially. I am thankful that I can stand here this morning and and tell you that this week, by the grace of God and by the resources and blessing of God, we reached our Lottie Moon Christmas offering. We achieved it, and we surpassed $135,000 given but Dwight says you can still give if you'd like to, all right? And please do. Because it's not just about reaching a goal. It is about doing everything that we can, everything we can to reach the nations so that they can be glad and they can rejoice and they can know the God of heaven, the God we know. I say it's a challenging when you look at all those things and then you say, God, multiply that. But we should never be content with our efforts, with our work. It's great to be content and satisfied in God and our relationship and in His joy. But but it's never good to be content with our service. We want to continue to multiply and grow and expand. It should be part of our very fiber. And then I think it's fine for us to pray. For us to pray, God, we ask you, we pray to you that you would multiply our inward relationships, our relationships with one another, our brothers and sisters in Christ, that you would multiply the relationships that we have within our church context. Notice there in verse 1 is, He was praying that God would bless us. He prayed in verse 7 and verse 6 again. God, our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. So understand what the psalmist was praying was that God would bless the corporate body. Bless us. And notice this is a change from the priestly benediction that you read in Numbers chapter 6. In Numbers chapter 6, the priest would say, The Lord bless you and keep you. Here the psalmist is praying, the whole congregation. This is not just a priest that has to stand and pray such things. This is all of the congregation being able to stand and say, God, bless us and work in us. We pray that you would build our relationships, the nation of Israel, the people of God. We pray that you would work within us. Certainly, that was material blessing. That was the blessing of of relationship among the people that God would show his favor in such a way that he would allow them to be multiplied and expand in their relationship with one another. It's fine, I believe, for us to pray. God... Multiply our ministries. Multiply our brothers and sisters. Multiply the relationships we have here within our church. Inwardly, with one another. As I enter into a new year, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I look forward to the relationship that God continues to grow in us and through us here at Temple. But that he'll also continue to bring people in to his body, to his family. Even here at Temple Baptist Church. I had a guy one time, when I was pastoring a different place by the way. That said to me, Brother Reggie, we're getting too big. We got too many people here in this church. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, we ought not be having this many people. Okay. You got some candidates for us to kind of uninvite, you know, would you? No, I didn't say that. I I mean, yeah, you you want me to, I'll I'll line up a conversation with, with you and them, you know, if you'd like to what what let me tell you something god has never wanted to turn anybody away from his family and and and, and god wants to continue to grow his people and his church he wants to continue hey don't don't forget day of pentecost how many were baptized three thousand if we baptize three thousand this year whoa There's going to be a charismatic moment in this pulpit and you just have to deal with it. I'm going to tell you, 3,000. I don't know what God is going to continue to do, but what we pray is that God would draw people to his family, that God would draw people in and that they would feel a part of this family of God, that he would not just bring numbers, but that he would bring relationships here within Temple Baptist Church, that he would multiply and expand daily, these relationships. Never for self-motives. Never so that we can brag about who we are. But rather that we may know, rather that we may know that His presence dwells here with us and that His relationship with us carries over to the relationships that we have with our brothers and sisters in Christ. John Piper, some years ago, standing before his church, he put it like this as he spoke about church growth. He said, let's grow in order to build a sending base for the frontiers. Let's think of recruiting people for the mission of evangelizing unevangelized cultures. God will not honor our zeal for growth if it is motivated by vanity. But he will if it is motivated by love for his glory and concern for the cultures without a gospel witness. In other words, we go right back to what I said earlier. Is that yes, we pray God would bless us in our inward relationships. Why? Because ultimately we can bless Those in our outward relationships. What God will continue to do is grow us and build a sending base here in this place. So that we can send people to other cultures, other areas where they can make a difference for the gospel. And don't forget, this psalm I think is rooted in the Abrahamic promise of Genesis 12. Remember that? God says, hey, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to be there with you. People come against you, I'm there, I got you back. They curse you, I'm going to curse them. They bless you, I'm going to bless them. I've got this. Because ultimately through you, Abraham, ultimately through your family, through you, all families of this earth will be blessed. And we certainly were. Through Jesus Christ, we have come into the family. And we have known blessing and promise. And now what we pray is that God would continue to bless our relationship with Him, our upward relationship. What we pray is that God would allow us to see that blessing And that he would allow us to turn it again to the families of the earth. To continue the story and to continue the mission and continue the ministry. To multiply it. In our giving and in our going. And that he would bless us inwardly. As a people. As a church. As he grows us together. As he allows us to be what he intends us to be and to become. That is our prayer. And I pray this morning you would join me in that prayer of multiplication. That this morning you may come maybe to this altar and you would commit yourself to this prayer and this desire. Maybe it's there in your pew. Maybe maybe it's together as a family but that we would offer this prayer for multiplication here in this place as his people this morning. Let's pray together. Father, you have heard our hearts and our desires. God, is a people this morning, we pray. that your face would shine upon us and delight in us that that relationship that you have with us which is so unique and so special the Lord you will grow it and multiply it throughout this new year and God as you work within us as you strengthen the bonds and the relationships that we have one with the other Father we will also turn our attention to the nations, to the peoples. And that, Lord, you would multiply our ministries and our missions in such a way that the nations may be glad. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Work in our midst now. Speak to us. Challenge us. And help us as we commit to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand this morning? So we have this moment of invitation, reflection. Would you come as God calls you?